Hello and welcome to another episode of the Aligned Performance Podcast, the podcast that goes beyond the day-to-day to help you create your most aligned life of purpose and potential. My name is Trang, your host for the show, and today I'm delighted to be sharing with you a conversation that I had with Chelsea Turgeon. Chelsea's story is that after six years of studying clinical medicine, she dropped out because she realized it was more true to her and more aligned to be starting her own business whilst being able to travel the world. And in this conversation, we talk about just that, how you can get clear whether or not you should leave your nine to five, because Chelsea has gone through that experience along her journey and now helps many others do the same as a career design and manifestation coach. In this episode, we touch on so many different parts of the journey of pivoting careers and starting your own business, starting with how to get clear on your true thoughts versus what everyone else is saying and projecting onto you, how to be able to listen to your core and what that requires you to do, why you think you're confused about your career versus why you're actually confused, what justifications people often use to stay in their comfort zone what steps you can take to minimize risk and what you need to do in order to get started. This is a conversation that I believe is going to resonate with so many of you. Like I said this a few times throughout the episode, but I wish I had resources like this whilst I was going through this part of my journey because I felt so alone. I felt so confused. And having these conversations opens up possibilities. It provides permission for you to go down this path in your life. And especially in this era where we are exiting out of the industrial revolution, and it could be said that we are entering into the entrepreneurial revolution, where there is so much opportunity and abundance and capabilities for you to do your own thing and follow your true path. And so many people are taking advantage of this. So many people are making the most of this era so that they can follow their heart's purpose and create their dream life. So if this is something that you long for, then this episode is for you. I'll see you on the other side of my conversation with Chelsea Turgeon on how to get clear whether or not you should leave your nine to five. Chelsea Turgeon, welcome to the Aligned Performance Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am so thrilled to be here. We were just talking before we started recording that this is the perfect conversation and perfect timing as well, because you just came back from a cruise last week. Like, please tell us about it. How was it? Yes, it was such an incredible experience. I'm still wrapping my head around it with all the the words. And I feel like there's still so much juice to come from that week. But essentially last week I went on a cruise, it's called Nomad Cruise. And it brings together other remote workers, other people who are online entrepreneurs, who are also traveling. There's a special kind of person who also wants to be traveling the world full-time while building their business. There's, you know, it's like people who are really open to zero stability whatsoever and really are into the unknown all the time. Um, And yeah, I got to spend the whole week hanging out with people who inspire me so deeply. We also, you know, had a lot of activities. I did a silent disco. We got to walk around um, different places in Italy. And so it was just this very surreal experience of like, I'm exploring foreign countries. You know, we'd wake up each morning 
in this beautiful new country. And, and then I got to spend time making new friends and just being inspired. And it was incredible. That sounds epic. I didn't know that it was a nomad cruise specifically. Yes. <laughs> and what countries did you go to? We went to Italy. Um, we went to multiple ports in Italy and then also Greece. Wow. Okay. What a way to start this episode because this whole conversation is talking about how to stop being confused, how to gain clarity, whether or not you should leave your nine to five and and pursue this pathway, which you are living. And you have this, this incredible story of this journey that you've been on because you left clinical medicine and then you, you didn't just start a business. You started a business whilst traveling the world, like, yeah, traveling around the globe, doing what you enjoy. So Chelsea, are you able to start off by sharing with us that journey and what it looks like for you at a high level? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll try to give you the overview and then we can dive more deeply into any part that you feel like is is relevant. Um, so I was always that overachiever, straight A student, and I you know, made it through college. And during college, I was really interested in psychology. It was trying to decide between med school and graduate school. I would present my ideas of my career to, you know, friends, family, anyone who would listen, like, oh, I'm either going to do this or this. And anytime I said med school, everyone would just give me so much like, wow, you must be so smart if you go to med school and become a doctor. And I was so influenced by that, um, wanting to, you know, choose a career that was impressive to other people, wanting to feel really successful and worthy and like I made it. And so looking back, that really influenced my decision. And so I ended up choosing medical school realized I didn't like psychiatry for many reasons. And so I chose OBGYN as my specialty or obstetrics and gynecology. So I did that for about, you know, I made it all the way through med school and then did about 18 months of an OBGYN residency the whole time, really having this gut feeling that this is not where I want to be spending my time. I had started to really dive into different like creativity, like I was interested in photography and yoga and spirituality and personal growth and hiking, I started to develop these interests. And I, I wasn't able to pursue any of them when I was working 80 hours a week. And I really just started to feel like my soul was dying. And I know that sounds dramatic, but it, it just really felt like that from the inside. I was losing energy to the point where even when I slept, it wouldn't replenish me. I would wake up exhausted even after a full night's sleep. So I ended up taking a five-week leave of absence from the hospital just to recalibrate and reconnect to myself. And it was really a point of desperation. I felt like I just couldn't get out of bed anymore and I couldn't keep going mm. into work. And so I took this time to just really connect to my intuition. I had a journaling practice of writing to my intuition. And so I would just do that every day. Um, I'd shut out the noise of everyone else who had opinions around what I should be doing. And during that time, I made the decision that I don't want to be a doctor. No, even though I had already spent like six plus years training for it, and even though I had spent lots of money going to school for it, it was so clear to me, this is not what I want to do. And so I turned in my resignation and I bought a one-way ticket to South Korea at the time, I thought I was going to be a travel blogger and I was trying to find a way to make money while I was building up my blog. So I got a job teaching English and I did start a blog, but then ended up doing coaching, first life coaching, now career coaching. And yeah, so four and a half years later, I'm 
still traveling, still coaching, and just feeling so grateful that I made that decision. Mm, what an inspirational story because like you didn't just think about it. You, you did it, right? And and thinking about it and dreaming about it, of course, is is the easiest step. It's it's what anyone can like anyone can tick off, right? Anyone can set goals. But taking that step and then following through and and actually continuing to do that today is is the key, right? It's not even just taking the first step, it's following through and holding that new pathway in your life. I'm curious to hear how, like in terms of timeframes, from the first moments that you noticed that your soul was maybe starting to die or you started to notice this longing for something different to the day that you took those five weeks off, how long do you think that was? Yeah, that's such a good question because it's sort of that gap that most of us have from knowing to doing. And mm-hmm. for most of us, it's it's so long. And mine, it yeah. was years. And so when I first started to notice that something was off, it was around my third year of med school. I remember specifically making this New Year's resolution, January 2016. That was halfway through my third year of med school. And the New Year's resolution was less med student, more human. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And really what that meant was I'm done striving for you know, I was the person who was always getting the honors and I was always top in my class. And I just, in that moment, I made the decision because I was starting to realize I'm achieving all of these things. I'm making top scores and top in my class and I feel so empty, but I kept Mm. thinking the next achievement was going to make me feel better. And so it's really this vicious cycle of like, okay, I achieved, but I didn't achieve enough. If I had achieved more, I would feel better. So you can convince yourself that achievement would work, but then when you're really honest with yourself, you finally realize, no, it, it's not. And so that's like that. It was that January. I was finally like, you know, I don't think any of this is really working for me. <laughs> like, I don't feel great. Mm. And I just was, it's like the illusion of that arrival fallacy was starting to fade. I was starting to see that I don't think I'm actually going to arrive somewhere and feel better. I think I have mm. to make some changes in my day to day. And so that was kind of the first inkling of it. So I made that New Year's resolution and I started to, you know, I would get home from the hospital and I just wouldn't study every single night. So I would take some nights off. I joined this, we have this like, it was like a med school talent show. I joined that and I did a dance competition. So I was, and I joined a kickball team. So I was starting to do some other things to become more well-rounded, but I was like, it's still, I'm enjoying my life outside of medicine more. And the more I did that, the more I enjoyed life outside of the hospital, the more I realized life in the hospital is, that's not what I want to be. And so it's like third year of med school when I made that realization and then wasn't till second year of residency. So that's about three years, I would say, before I really, because it was 2019 when I finally left. Mm, so three years. And you did say before, you know, this time period be- between knowing and doing can be quite extended. And that's the same for me. Mine was at least a year and a half, I'd say. Although even before that year and a half, there were signs. You know, there were little signals that I was neglecting, I'd, I'd turn away from. Um, So it could have been even longer. And what do you think is the reason for this? You know, what is it that creates this time delay between recognition and action? 
Yeah, it's, um, I don't know if you're familiar with like the archetypal hero's journey, I'm sure that you are, um, but it's like, it's that time period where the hero is trying to do everything in their power to solve the problem or to answer the calling without getting out of their comfort zone. Because mm. so that's the first point do- of call, right? Like us humans, yeah. we we want to we grow and we want to achieve these things, but also it's like such a core need to stay safe and to stay secure. So that'll be like the first go-to thing to do. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think the delay is essentially a li- like a low-key form of denial. You don't want to really get to the root cause and you don't want to have to make too many changes or do anything too drastic. This is my experience, at least. I wanted to find a way, like, you know, I wanted to do these little lifestyle changes. I wanted to, oh, on Wednesdays, I just won't study. That's going to be my solution and that'll solve everything. And so it's like I wanted to find a smaller way to solve my problem to to feel fulfilled to feel happy i wanted to just find a smaller way to do it without having to make these really big changes Mm, yeah now i recognize that it's like how can we start to make these changes but also nothing too big just small steps at a time but then it gets to that point where it's almost like breaking point right where you said that you felt like your soul was dying and you had to put your foot down to take this yeah. take this break. And I'd love to speak on that more in a moment. But first, you did mention that you had to squash the noise. You had to block out what other people were saying to you. And I'm really curious, what were these voices? What were these, um, you know, narratives or um, things that people were saying to you when you might have brought up that you were thinking of changing direction? Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting the way other people can insert their opinions into your life. And now that I've done all this personal growth work, I've really realized it has nothing to do with me. It's them projecting, you know, their past and their lens onto my life. But I I didn't have that awareness at the time. And so it, it would start small. Like I would, you know, bring it up to people in my class, in my like co-residency that I'm not enjoying it. And people would say, yeah, but it's going to get better when you hit this next milestone or it'll be fine when you do this. And so there's kind of that mentality. And then there's also the mentality of, yeah, but nobody likes their job. Like their job is just sort of part of what you have to do. And like, you know, this is just the way that it is. And so you hear a lot of that. Um, I would also hear a lot of, well, you should just try to finish residency, just finish. And then you can, you know, do whatever else you want to do. Right. But quote unquote, just finish is, was two and a half more years of working 80 hours a week with people's lives in my hands. I can't just phone that in, right? That's not yeah. something you just kind of show up and half-ass it. It's like, that's not something you just finish. And so, yeah, a lot of people had ideas around, I can't just throw it all away. You've already invested so much into this. Um, you should just finish. Or some people were like, okay, if you really hate it, you should just you know change and become a radiologist. And they don't really have to work that much. So you can just sort of get through residency coast and then it would be fine. So everyone has had different ideas around how I could like salvage my current situation. Yeah. But that wasn't what I wanted to do. I was more and more starting to realize, oh yeah, I don't think they get what I actually want out of my life, which is nothing like what we're currently doing here. Yeah. That's so interesting to hear that. And 
this is going to resonate surely with so many of the listeners because at any point in time, we are getting bombarded with advice or opinions from friends, family, even professional peers. But as you say, Chelsea, it's only ever a projection. You know, like um, there's a saying that people who give advice are only really giving advice to themselves. So they're giving advice to you, but they're really talking to themselves. So, you know, the the person who says, oh, just stick it out for a few more years, or the person who says, you know, that's just the way it is, you know, that's being an adult, you've got to work and it's not always going to be glitz and glam. Like that is just them talking to themselves about their own belief systems, their own view of the world that this is the way it's going to be. Yeah. But, you know, reality is negotiable. To- it completely is, and people don't realize that. Yeah, yeah. And what were you going to say? Oh, yeah. I have a theory, and it's just coming to me right now as you were talking. I, and let me know if you agree. Any unsolicited advice is just bad advice. <laughs> I love that. I love that that comes to you as I was saying, as I was talking. Yeah, unsolicited advice. You know, literally that, right? If you haven't asked for it, right, and someone's projecting, then they're they're doing that they're projecting and chances are because you're two different people it may very well not be relevant to you yeah yeah maybe that's it like unsolicited advice is irrelevant advice Mm. yeah I can see that that is a quote (laughs) that is a quote that we've got to put out there (laughs) yeah for sure well that is I think that's one of the most common things that hold people back right along their journey because it these voices these opinions they they are very loud and they form our entire map of the world eventually. You know, we, we become a mold of our environment. And I actually remember I saw an Instagram post that you put up the other day. And this Instagram post was talking about why you think you're confused about your career versus why you're actually confused. And I'd love for you to touch on that because I think that is um, a great expansion from what we're talking about now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of the times, the reason we think we're confused has to do with like what, like us listening to other people's opinions. So if we're taking a poll of the audience, everyone's going to have a different idea of what we should be doing. Right. And so if we're listening to all of those different ideas, that's confusing. Like there's not going to be necessarily a convergence around what we should be doing. And so then we realize that there's not necessarily one way to do it. And so that's going to be confusing. So anytime there's noise, anytime you're listening to outside opinions or voices, they're different and and that's not going to be exactly what you want. There's also like, if we think that there's a right way to do things, there's like a right and a wrong way, then we're going to feel confused as well because we have this like really strict view of of like what life is supposed to be anytime basically anytime we're not listening to ourselves Mm. we're gonna feel confused yeah because that right or wrong way that is still going to be planted from an external source right like us believing oh this is what we should be doing versus this is what we shouldn't be doing right or wrong that's come from somewhere Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so when we're not listening to ourselves is when that confusion's created. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like clarity, there's like a quote Oprah said, and I'm gonna mess it up in some degree, but the gist of it is like the most confused and disoriented that we ever get, it means we're further disconnected from the center of ourselves. 
and the center of ourselves is where wholeness lies. And in this situation, I believe it's also where clarity lies. Mm, Yeah. And then that brings me to that five-week break that you took. Because you took this five-week break and you said that you had a lot of time to yourself. You blocked out these voices. You were doing a lot of journaling. And then within five weeks, it sounded like you got really clear and you made your decision. So is this a two-part question I'd like to ask you? One, is that what you were able to achieve during this break, listening to your core? And then secondly, how did you do that? You know, how did you squash the voices? How did you squash the noise? How did you turn that confusion into clarity? Yeah, uh, it's such a good question. Wait, the first part was, is that what I achieved during that time? And then how? Yeah, did you listen to your core? Yeah, yes, exactly. That's 100% what I did. And when I look back now, like I am still so proud of myself for the way I approached those five weeks because I, I still have my journal. This is so funny. Like I have my journal from that time period. Um, yeah. And I've, I traveled, I traveled with it around the world because it was just this sense of like in this journal, this is where I made this decision. And so I can look back and like read through the pages and really see my thought process around that time. And so I set this clear intention the very first day that I had this leave of absence. And it was just like, what I don't want from this time is to make this decision from fear. What I don't want is to rely on my own power, meaning like my mind and my sense of like control and like that egoic place. I didn't want to do it from that place. I wanted Mm -hmm. to sort of surrender it and and just sort of listen to where I'm being led. And I, I don't know how exactly I got that wisdom to, to sort of approach it in that way. But that's the intentions I laid out right from the beginning. I was like, I know I can't make this decision myself. I need help, but not help from other humans. It's like I need help basically from my soul, from my intuition, from whatever it is, that benevolent force that guides us to where we're meant to be. That's what I needed support from. And so I. I was like, okay, that's my intention from this time. It's like, that's how I want to make the decision. That's where, that's the place I want to make the decision from. And so then how do I do that? And I just kind of wrote down what I thought would help. I was like, okay, I probably should spend time in nature because that's when I feel really connected. Uh, I probably shouldn't really talk to other people about what I'm doing. And I had Mm -hmm. a lot of people trying to reach out to me. They're like, oh, do you want to get coffee? I can talk about the time I almost quit too, but I didn't. Or, you know, like people are trying to be supportive and trying to help, but going to sort of project their own ideas onto me. And so I was like, I just declined any anyone who wanted to have a conversation about my career path. I was like, nope, nope, nope. Spent time in nature. I went to yoga as much as I could. Um, I tried to just spend time in silence. I slept as much as anytime I was tired. I just slept. Wild idea, right? The dream. <laughs> <laughs> Revolutionary. Yeah. <laughs> and then I I wrote to my intuition every day. And so essentially I just in the journal I just wrote, Hey, so what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> like, you know, it's not super elo- eloquent, but I just would write like you know, it was just sort of like writing it down and trying to listen for answers or guidance. And for the first few weeks, it got literally nothing. The only thing I felt like I could hear was the sense of like shh. It's all good. And I was like, wait, how is it good though? Because I really need some answers. And so I really, really appreciate some answers. And, and so it just, it took a while, but I, I just kept, kept writing. I kept doing all the things. I kept listening. And by the end of the third week, it finally all started to feel really clear. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, Chelsea. And I think 
this is so valuable because what you did is such a contrast to what the default mode of operation is currently, you know, like it's a very, you know, our world is, there's so much noise, there's so much stimulus, right? And it's difficult for many of us, me included, right? Like I'm guilty of this. If we're not being conscious, even, you know, a one minute wait in the queue at at the supermarket or, you know, two minutes whilst the microwave's going to open up our phone and to consume something externally. Or as soon as we're not sure about something, to just ask for advice so that the answers can be given to us. <laughs> but what you're saying is that you actually, you actually went completely within and you sought the answers that were already within yourself. That's what I'm yeah. hearing. Yeah, and it, that's exactly right. And the thing is also, I did not get them immediately. Yes. Which means I had to sit there in this discomfort and be like, okay, so nothing's coming. But I kept asking and I kept making space for the answers to come. And I think that's the most important piece is like, if we have been tuning out our intuition, if we've been tuning out whatever voice that is that guides us, whatever, and maybe we get it in like a feeling or a, a vision or, you know, however it comes to you. If you've been tuning that out for years and years, it's likely going to be difficult to, to hear it straight away. And so it does require patience. It does require just a clearing out of space and just like a showing up for the answer. And usually that means silence. It means nature. It means just listening and being receptive and being present. And I think if you do that, answers and guidance will come. Yeah. The key word that you said there is that you sat in the discomfort because that is very much what it would be if you have been, you know, if you haven't really experienced that amount of stillness in your life or that amount of quietness in your life. Because, yeah, and I experienced this as well, right? Like, you know, early this year, and I've spoken about this before, I've gone through major emotional challenges. And naturally, by default, I just wanted to keep myself busy. I doubled down on work. I caught up with friends more often. I was never alone. Even when I was alone, I'll just pick up my phone and check it all the time. And that was because I was avoiding feeling the feels that would come up facing the thoughts and the truths that would come up if I even had a moment of stillness. And I, I think that's what a lot of us do at a subconscious level. Like if we're, you know, yeah, like the example that I used before, if we're even just waiting for two minutes for the microwave to complete and we, we struggle to stand there and not do anything, but we have to, you know, answer a text message or check social media, then it's likely, you know, we're avoiding certain thoughts or certain feelings. And that's uncomfortable. But that's what you did because, yeah, you were determined at this point in time to get these answers and being like, all right, I need to do something. You know, what I've currently done for the last six or so years doesn't seem to be working out. I've, I've got to, I've got to see something and maybe do something differently. Yeah. Yeah. And that was also the power of hitting, I wouldn't, I don't know if rock bottom is the right word for it, but it was a pretty deep low for me. And I, it was a surrender at that point, because I was like, I don't know how to fix this. Like Chelsea, me, this, you know, this human who I am, I have no idea how to fix it. Mm. So I needed to sort of turn it over to something greater. And it's, I think, because I was at that low of a point that it felt like one of the only options was to do that. Mm. 
And during this time, or even in the years leading up to this leave of absence, were there any, was there much resistance to, all right, I think I know what I've got to do, but, you know, like maybe there's another way. You know, were there any justifications that you used to stay in your comfort zone? And since then, are there any common justifications that you observe others use to stay in their comfort zone? Yeah. And I think one of the most common ones that I see is it'll get better when. Yeah. And we, we do that to sort of, it's like we're kicking the can down the road of like, ah, I don't really want to deal with this now. So I'm going to tell myself that, you know, it's hard now because I'm, I'm new at this. I'm a beginner after I'm doing it for two years and I'm, I'm better at it. It'll feel better. Or it's hard now because, you know, I'm, I'm at, this stage in the game, like I haven't, we'll, we'll do it like all the way through medical training of like, oh, well, you're a resident. Once you're in attending, it'll be better because then you get a salary increase. You know, once you get this to this promotion, once you pay back these student loans, once you, you know, whatever milestone it is, we just sort of tell ourselves that the reason it's hard is because we haven't reached the milestone yet. And once we reach the milestone, things will be better. And so I think that's one of the tactics I see very often. Yeah, yeah, which is such an illusion in itself because that's the mentality that creates the ongoing pursuit of happiness that never is able to be, you know, grabbed, never able to actually be unlocked. Yeah, just keeps it always perpetually out of reach, just right around the corner, right at the next thing. Um, But yeah, like you said, it's just that perpetual out of reach. Yeah, and you've mentioned before as well, Chelsea, the concept of, oh, well, maybe my my purpose doesn't have to be in my career. Maybe I can fulfill my purpose in other ways. So are you able to touch on that one as well? Yeah. And I think this is, it's something that's always evolving for me, my thoughts around this. And I'd be interested to hear your thoughts around it too. But one thing I notice in my clients, I don't know if it was something I ever really struggled with because I'm somebody who I don't want to spend energy doing a really productive hobby outside of work. Like not interested in that. My hobbies outside of work are very relaxed and casual, (laughs) (laughs) you know, really involve me being like horizontal laying at a park or something like that. So this is never really something I've struggled with, but I see a lot of people who say, well, my day job doesn't have to be my purpose right? Work can just be work and work can be the thing that sustains me and pays the bills. And then I can do the thing I really love outside of that. I can do the thing I really love as this hobby, as this side thing, or, or another kind of version of that is, well, I'm really passionate about it and I really love it. So I shouldn't make money from it. It should just be this thing that I'm giving for free because I'm so passionate about it. So there's Mm -hmm. like, several ways we sort of justify it but really what I think it comes down to is we're trying to let ourselves off the hook from trying to find a way to fully live and embody our purpose because I think if something is a side thing if we're pushing it off to the side if we're saying it doesn't have to be the thing that fully like makes a living we're saying we don't have to fully step up and live it in our highest potential. We're saying we can keep it small, but ultimately that really restricts you to the hours and energy that you have outside of your job. And for most of us, our full-time job 
is a full-time job <laughs> and it takes a lot out of us. And so if we're really leaving our passion to the thing that it, we get gets our leftover energy, are we going to be able to fully live that out? Mm. Yeah, that's it. I, I, I like that perspective because I hadn't thought of it in that way in terms of dividing time as a resource and how, yeah, like that sentiment of, okay, if, if I only reserve my life outside of work to, to fulfill my purpose, then yeah, for, for many people, that is just a fraction of, of their time of the week. Yeah. And I think you're also missing out on the growth, like the growth that happens inside of you when you really challenge yourself to make the thing you're passionate about your full-time thing. Because I think there's a sense of like playing small that happens when you're like, uh, well, I love art, but I don't want to have to make that my full-time thing because artists don't make money or there's just like all these beliefs that we tell ourselves around why we can't make a living from our passion. And yeah. the act of overcoming those, that is where your growth is. Mm. Yeah, that's solid. That's it, right? Like expanding the boundaries and then that is where the growth happens. And, you know, that's not to say that if someone isn't working, like, for example, uh, something that comes to my mind is, is mums, right? They have like this incredible job of raising the next generation and any mums listening aren't doing paid work. Like that's not to say that you're not fulfilling an incredible purpose, right? But then what we're talking about here is in some instances, and this is where discernment becomes really powerful, being able to see and identify, am I using this as a justification? Like where am I, like where's this really coming from, right? Yeah, no, and that's a, such a powerful thing to say, like that discernment and really being honest with yourself about where this is coming from. Is this coming from desire or is this coming from my beliefs and limitation, my beliefs and scarcity? Is it coming from fear and really being honest? And in the case of like moms, and that is a full-time job, right? <laughs> like, like if you have the ability to dedicate your whole heart and self and time and resources and energy to raising humans, and you're, you know, you're able to be supported by a partner or something so that you don't have to work financially, you know, you don't have to do financial things to get money. Like, that's wonderful. And that really is a full-time job. And for some people, that really is their sense of purpose, at least for a period of time or a season of their life. And yeah, yeah it, like, it's not that it has to be monetized. It's just, it's, I think it's more about the time and energy than anything else. Yeah, I like that. It's about the time and energy rather than categorizing it as it has to be like a paid vacation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 fantastic. Now, I wanted to actually take a step back and talk about the steps to gain clarity. So we've spoken about how you took that time and you had a lot of stillness, a lot of introspection time. What next after that, you know, like once someone's had that time, you know, they've, they've done a lot of meditations, they've gone to these retreats, they've, they've, they've taken a, a break away from work and they still have a lot of ideas, you know, that they're still are not sure, you know, which path to take next. What would you recommend the, these people do next in order to get clarity or to, to start progressing forwards? Yeah, I love that. So especially in, in the sense of 
sort of analysis paralysis when you feel like you have so many ideas and you don't know where to start. One of the concepts that I love to teach is clarity through action, right? So if you have multiple ideas, how can you just pick one to start and then design an experiment to, to gain more clarity around it, right? So let's say you're like, okay, well, maybe I want to start a business around, you know, helping moms, or I want to start a business around something else, or maybe I want to even start a job. And so it's like, you have your different options, take them and don't look at them analytically from your mind, but just see them sort of laid out in front of you. Maybe write, write these different options that you have on note cards and like put them out physically in front of you so that there's a, a visible thing. And just check in with like, which one are you feeling drawn to? Which one feels expansive in this moment in time? It doesn't mean you choose one and then you can never do the other ones. But I do believe that if we're starting new projects, it is important to have focus and to start one thing at a time. And so choose one. And then from there, design an experiment to gain more clarity. So like when you choose one, you're likely going to have questions around that one thing. So maybe the question is, well, how could I make money doing this? Or do people even want this? Or am I qualified to do this? So you're going to have a series of questions, write them all out. And then ask yourself, how can I answer these questions? What is what is a action step I could take to answer these questions? Sometimes it means doing some market research or like holding a focus group, or sometimes it means just testing it out. Like when I first started coaching, I just called up anyone and I was like, hey, do you need help with something? Can I coach you? And I was just checking in to see, do I like this? Do people find value in this? And so just start getting out there and start interacting with the people you're interested in helping and use those little experiments to gain more clarity. Mm. Yeah. Clarity through action, like powerful and such a great mantra as well. That's memorable. That's punchy. I like it. Um, but yeah, it's true. You know, like you can hypothesize something as much as you want, but it's all going to be theorized, which who knows whether it's factual or not or true or not until you take action yeah I say it's it, sometimes it's like you're going into this ice cream store with all of these flavors that you've never heard of before like porcupine punch or like it's like these wild flavors and you're like <laughs> what are these flavors and so you could sit there and you could look at them behind the glass and you could think okay which one would I like so in the past I've liked chocolate so maybe I would like you know, hazelnut delight, but I don't know. And so what do you do? You literally sample them. <laughs> you ask the person yeah. behind the counter, Hey, can I try this flavor? It looks interesting, but I don't know exactly what it would taste like. So let me try it. And then you do, and then you know, if you like it or not, and then you order a bigger one if you like it. So it's like, how can you do a little sample to gain more clarity? Mm. And then if you're like me, you just stand there sampling every single flavor because I'm the biggest ice cream lover out there <laughs> so the the person behind the counter is like are you done yet do you want to just order your ice cream <laughs> you're like um, no i'm but, actually good now <laughs> yeah, i've had my my two scoops worth but yeah like you, you never know the alternative reality until you actually experience it you never know what that ice cream flavor is going to be like until you taste it so clarity through action, you know, taking those steps. And it doesn't necessarily have to be all or nothing either, right? You know, that can be that idea touted of, you know, quit your job and, and go all in on this new path. But it doesn't have to be so black and white. Um, and something that 
I think that's something that holds a lot of people back, right? Like the fear of, you know, what if this doesn't work out? Is this going to be viable? Like action steps, as you mentioned before, they they can be small action steps, right? Yeah. Yeah. You never have to really jump off a cliff. I think in our minds, we have this idea that, like you said, it has to be all or nothing. We have to just, you know, have that dramatic quit your job story and go all in on that next thing. But you never actually have to jump off a cliff. I kind of did and that's how I operate and you know that's fine (laughs) um but you know you don't have to do that you can take smaller steps and sometimes there'll be a time where you might need to you know do something more dramatic but to get started it doesn't have to start like that you can start small Mm, yeah it's like that that saying everything works for someone but nothing works for everyone so, yeah. you know, quitting and going all in, that sounded like it worked for you, Chelsea, because that's part of your personality mm-hmm. and that allows you to direct all of your focus. And that's going to resonate with certain listeners, whilst for other listeners, that would paralyze them, you know, that'd be too much. Yeah. And then it can be more of a graduated approach, which, which is what I did, actually. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's the beautiful thing about today's world as well, the abundance of opportunity and resources without having to jump off that cliff so for example just starting an Instagram account that's what I did when I first started I had no idea what I was doing um but that's that was the beginnings of my first business and that is low risk like zero risk really (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah what would you recommend Chelsea then for, for people to get started on this journey you know like taking the first steps but specifically what steps can they take to minimize risk, to feel good within themselves and to really get that ball rolling? Yeah. So I would say for when we talk about minimizing risks, one thing you do want to be sure of is that you're not financially putting yourself in a place of jeopardy. Like you don't want to be in this survival mode where you literally don't know how you're going to pay rent or take care of basic needs for the month. And so when it comes to minimizing risk, just look at the numbers of your finances and just, you know, make sure that you're either working your current job or doing a bridge job or have savings or whatever it is so that your basic needs are taken care of because creativity and innovation, those things do not thrive when your basic needs are not met. So I would just say, first and foremost, do that, but do it from a logical perspective, because a lot of us will look at finances. Well, we don't even look at them. We just get afraid and we feel emotions and we put our heads in the sand and we don't actually even look at numbers. We're just like, we just feel scarcity or we look at the numbers and we allow ourselves to feel the scarcity feelings without reality checking and being like, well, that's actually quite a bit of a runway. I think I would actually be okay. So I would say, look at the numbers, but logically and try to like release any fear and emotions around that so that you can make just a clear headed decision around that. So that would be my first thing is just make sure to minimize risk financially, just that you're covered and taken care of, because I don't think anyone really performs well when they're worried about, you know, how they're going to survive the next month. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, the energy that you show up with when you're in scarcity mode versus when you're feeling secure and abundant, like that is going to be in some ways more important and more impactful than oh you know like going all into this new pathway versus not like it's actually you know where you're coming from like your internal state yeah 
Yeah. And I think going all in, it doesn't have to mean like you can still go all in like emotionally and mentally on your new thing. Yes. While making your sure your financial needs are met and that there's not this pressure. Cause I just, I don't know about you. Maybe some people do perform well under financial pressure, but I just feel paralyzed under financial pressure. And so I don't think that's, like I said, I don't think that's the birthplace of creativity. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think, I think the theme of this is, is self-awareness. Like going back to what you did at the very start, right? Like leave of absence so that you could go within and look at yourself. So it's like, okay, understanding how you operate, where you thrive, how you do best, and then going with that, not just what either of us are saying or what either of us did, right? Yeah. We might just be giving unsolicited, irrelevant advice to everyone right now. Like, yeah, that's it. All right. Well, maybe this is a good time to wrap up the podcast. But, you know, like, yeah, I I think that's the theme. Mm -hmm. Understanding yourself so that you can make intentional decisions about Mm -hmm. how you want to go about this. Yeah. And like sometimes the process of understanding yourself comes from trial and error, right? Like it comes from doing something and being like, oh, yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Try trying that like rainbow colored ice cream and it's like oh maybe not maybe not this one <laughs> yeah yeah amazing now we are getting to the end of the podcast Chelsea and before we go into the rapid fire questions what is the final thing that you'd like to leave with the listeners you know based on your experiences based on what you've observed what is the final message that you'd like to share with everyone yeah so If you feel like something's missing in your career, in your life, it's like because something is missing and it's okay to listen to that. I don't know what that something is, but don't just write it off. Don't just try to tell yourself, oh, well, I should just be grateful because I have a great life and I have all these things. And and that's great. You can be so grateful for everything and still listen to that little nagging voice that says, but maybe something else is missing. That's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Well, let's let's go into the rapid fire question. So this is a little bit of fun to wrap up the episode um, so that we can get to know you a little bit more outside of what we've already spoken about. Are you ready for it? I am ready. All right. So first question, what is your favorite movie? Mm, eat, sing, love. Oh, yes. <laughs> You know what's really funny? I only watched Eat, Pray, Love for the first time like last month after 20 people have told me to watch it. Because <laughs> you're about um, to go on your own Eat, Pray, Love journey. Yes. Yes, I am. I am. But yes, Eat, Pray, Love. So if anyone hasn't watched it already, get around it. Um, okay. Next one. Mornings or nights? Mm. Mornings mornings yeah as you're recording this late at night what time is it for you almost midnight (laughs) thank you for being here Chelsea I really appreciate your presence um next one most memorable place that you've ever traveled one oh okay I've got to add another sub question to this one what uh what makes Taiwan your most memorable place Partly because it was the first place I ever did a solo international trip. So there's just like that magic. Yeah. Just beautiful nature, wonderful people, delicious food, kind of off the beaten path, hidden gem vibes. 
Ooh, I like that. All right, beautiful. Um, how many coffees a day? Oh, three. <laughs> <laughs> All for it, you know. Like co- coffee has life, uh, life enhancing qualities. It makes it helps you live longer. So, you know, you'll be living a long time, Chelsea. <laughs> and then the last one: if you could do just one hobby for the rest of your life, what would it be? Yoga. Love it. Well, Chelsea. Thank you so much for coming onto this podcast. This has been a gem of a conversation. It's been a lot of fun. For anyone who wants to find out more about you, who wants to hear more of your work or see more of your work, where can they find you? Yeah, so you can go to my website, coachchelsmd.com, or I also have a podcast called Life After Medicine where I talk about, you know, all things life and fulfillment um, when it comes to your career. So either of those places would be a great place to go. Yeah, beautiful. And then how can people work with you? Um, Is there anything that you are offering at the moment? Yeah, so I have a free course, which actually might be good for people on here. It's like five steps to career clarity. So that's just a totally free mini course. And it's actually great. I'm going to you know, make a new version that it's going to be a paid version soon because I'm like, this is wonderful. So five steps to career clarity. You can go to coachchelsmd.com slash free. And that has all my, all my freebies. Um, and then if you want to work with me, I do have a program called pathway to purpose, which helps lay down those steps that you can take to um, start living your purpose. Mm, wonderful. So I'll put the links to all of that in the podcast show notes. Um, but yeah, once again, Chelsea, Thank you so much for your time. I know it's getting close to midnight over there, even though you're a morning person. Um, but you know, these conversations are really what I wish I had when I was going through this part of my life. Um, I really felt alone. And I think you know the listeners who are going through that right now are going to get so much from your story. It's very inspiring. It's empowering. It's very permitting as well, you know, hearing you you know you stepped away from clinical medicine to be traveling the world now um and that that gift of inspiration is going to go so far and wide so thank you chelsea thank you so much for having me i've really enjoyed the conversation with you and there it is my conversation with chelsea turgeon on how to get clear whether or not you should leave your nine to five i'd like to take a moment to thank chelsea once again for her time to come into the show With the time difference and with Chelsea being in Albania and me being in Australia, I was recording at 7am and she was recording close to midnight. Um, And both of us being morning people, (laughs) like I I block off my calendar after 4pm. Yeah, it took a lot of commitment for Chelsea to come onto the show. So thank you again, Chelsea. And I really hope that that episode has been eye-opening and empowering for you. I know for me personally, I love hearing stories and examples of other people doing the thing that I dream of because it shows me that it's possible and it's permitting for me to do the same. It gives me permission. So I want to highlight once again that reality is negotiable. Don't let someone else or don't let society or the media determine what reality should be or what is possible or what isn't possible. But you create that reality. You negotiate the reality that you want to live out. 
If you have any questions, if you have any feedback for either either Chelsea or myself, then please feel free to reach out. Our, um, our details are in the podcast show notes. Um, but once again, thank you for listening to the end of another episode. I appreciate you being here um, and I'm really grateful for your ongoing support. All right, you have a beautiful rest of your day and I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.